0: Here's Elliott, side by side, down the back stretch. Justine in turn one, drives it in deep to the bottom. Problems along the front stretch. Kyle Larson gets sideways. He's young. He's informed. He's J.C. Fickenshire. And it's time now to raise the door on J.C.'s Garage.
1: Hi, I'm J.C. Fickenshire. Welcome to J.C.'s Garage. Today I'm joined by David Stiles, Kurt Busch gets his first win in the Toyota 45 car for 23-11 racing at Kansas. That puts him in the playoffs, and Toyota gets all six of their cars in the top 10.
0: What did you think about that? It, I thought it was a great race. Uh, I had family over on Sunday. We watched the Braves play. They played that early 11-30 game, and then they went into extra innings and got killed. And then as soon as that was over, I turned the race on, and I was telling my brother and my dad, I said, this should be a good race. This track has really come into its own. I think they repaved it in, what, uh, 2012? Yeah. And so it, it's finally became a racing surface that produces a good race. And it's been a while since we've been on a mile-and-a-half track, and going here— you know, the last time we were on a mile and a half was at Las Vegas. And I thought that race was really good as well. So I knew that we were going to see something kind of similar to that, or maybe even more similar to how auto club at California runs high speeds, multiple grooves. And I thought it was, I thought it was a great race. And one thing that really kind of stuck out to me is my brother hasn't really watched a whole lot of racing here in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. And as we were watching the race and he sees Kurt Busch's car with that elephant print on it. And I mean, he was carrying the Jordan colors and the car looks amazing. And my brother goes, wow, is that the Jumpman car? Is that is that Michael Jordan on there? And I was like, yeah, Michael Jordan is a co-owner for that team. And he goes, that's a cool looking race car. And he was, he was kind of enamored by it. So it was really cool to see someone who doesn't watch a lot of racing, see a car that they really like. And then him kind of end up pulling for that for that driver for the whole race it, it was it was really cool
1: yeah big big win for that team um last year they got one with Bubba on a rain short in Talladega race but now they get their first on a full race that ended at the checkered flag and Kurt Busch dominated it leading over a hundred laps just unbelievably fast And I like that finish. I like Kurt Busch, and I'm glad he gets his first win of the season and his first win with Toyota.
0: Yeah, so that means that uh, he has won with all four major manufacturers. He's won in a Ford. He's won in a Chevy. He won in Dodge when they were still in NASCAR, and now he has finally checked off that box to get that win in Toyota. I thought it was really cool that the 45 got to go back to victory lane. That number has only won eight times in NASCAR history, so that's a big deal for just that number in general. So that's, that's really cool, and then for it to be the first race, like I said before, that the Jordan brand is on the car, and then it wins the race, I mean, the owners have to be ecstatic, and I mean, this is uh, Kurt Busch's 34th cup win, so I mean, he... he He's already a Hall of Famer. When he exits the sport, he will be a Hall of Famer. And I don't think he's quite done driving yet. I mean, he's 44 yeah. years old. He's one of the veterans of the sport. And here's what he had to say about his goals moving forward.
1: That was a huge goal of mine to start the year. It was to win with Toyota and to check that
0: box off. It was something that, whether it's good or bad, you know, or different. I mean, Casey Kane drove for a lot of manufacturers. Bobby Allison won for a lot of different manufacturers. That reminds me. Kyle and I, with a couple wins this year, I think we might be tied with the Allison brothers. That was another goal that I had this year. Winning Darlington was a goal. I didn't quite get that. Uh, There's a few other goals I won't tell you about, but I'm so happy that we've won. We're in the playoffs.
1: The thing with Kurt, the difference between him and Kyle, is Kyle's been in a car his whole career that's been able to win. He started off with Hendrick and I think, we know you can do some stuff in those cars. And then goes to Joe Gibbs and has an unbelievable career with them and still going with that. Kurt Busch has been in so many different cars. Five different teams. And not all of them are very good. He started out with Roush, which at the time was, it was a great team and got his championship there. But I don't know. For him to be able to have this good of a career and the way it's gone, it's it's very impressive.
0: And then for him to uh, turn around and win the Daytona 500 racing for Stuart Haas mm-hmm. and uh, you know Tony Gibson getting crew chiefing that car and getting him a Daytona 500 win, I mean, it's huge. And the thing that I like about Kurt Busch is that the team rallies around him. You see him win, and it doesn't seem like there's anyone happier for him to win than his pit crew and his team. And he's sold out for them. And and that's just part of who he is. He comes to work and he, you know, decides I'm gonna drive this race car. I'm gonna do the best of my abilities to get this race car into victory lane and get it here for these pit crew guys and for the for my sponsors and for my owner. And he just does a great job at that. And he's I think arguably one of the best, maybe even top five drivers that we have in the sport right now like he's Mm -hmm. unbelievably skilled and talented and like we've talked about earlier this year and you were saying well the younger guys have figured out how to drive this car and I said but wait there's an anomaly it's Mm -hmm. Kurt Busch he's still finishing well (laughs) he's he's been finishing well all season and yesterday he just happened to have the dominant car And that was pretty evident when they uh, interviewed Kyle Larson and that whole exchange between them. I mean, what did you think about, you know, Kyle Larson and Kurt racing up at the front basically for the second half of that event at the end of stage two? I mean, it was it was incredible.
1: Yeah, I thought their their racing was great. They were just side by side for multiple laps, just going back and forth. Great racing. They both got into each other maybe once or twice. Kyle Larson got into the wall, but It's a little bit different than what we saw last week with Joey Logano and William Byron. Uh, With Joey Logano running William Byron down and just bumping him out of the way and skirting by for a win, Kurt Busch worked for that win. He drove the wheels off that car, had to pass his brother and uh, Kyle Larson to get back to the lead and win the race with less than 10 laps to go.
0: Yeah, and that whole exchange. So... Kyle had Kyle Mm -hmm. Larson had a really good car. I mean, his car was was really good, but it was a very loose race car. Mm -hmm. So if he got up against the wall and got into a little bit of uh, the dirty air, then that car became very loose. And we saw that when he tried to do that little slide job, and probably Mm -hmm. had one of the best saves (laughs) that we have seen all year. And he kisses the outside wall with the uh, right rear of the car and saves it. And Kurt Busch goes by and wins the second stage. Which again, this is the first time this year that the stage two winner has actually went on to win the race every other time this <laughs> year that a stage two winner has won stage two they end up wrecking or something happens and they don't win the race and so again Kurt Busch wins stage two after Larson tries this crazy slide job move in his uh extremely loose Chevy Camaro and you know Kurt Busch goes by and wins the second stage and I'm watching the race and I'm going man like I know that the stage two winner has not won the race like this this omen does not you know bid well for kurt bush but his car was just so dominant all day and then the racing incident that you're talking about they raced one another extremely clean and when they Very talked to clean. uh kyle larson after the race was over they asked him uh, you know did did you feel like kurt raced you unfairly and he said no he says me and kurt have a great relationship he said uh i needed the top line up against the wall kurt was in the lane below me and he says, I didn't want to give up the position, so I held in the throttle a little bit too long. And he, I mean, Larson does stuff like that. I mean, he's like, I'm going to full send it. And so he he said that he held the throttle a little bit too long and it got the car a little bit wonky and he just ended up kissing the wall. And again, a huge testament to how well this car does. He was able to hit the wall. I mean, not hard, but he skirted up against it, basically rubbed a bunch of the paint off the right side of that vehicle and was still able to finish the race. I mean, he came and, in second. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: enough that that hit that he had was enough in the past car that it would have blown both. Oh tires. yes, he would have been like, done easily. And another thing that I know with this car, a little bit from iRacing and from other drivers, has said, you get you get any bit sideways in this car, it's going around. Yeah. So the fact that he he kept that car straight, got a little bit uh, of help from the wall, but. Barely, I mean, but, he kissed it. I, I mean, mean just the fact that it. you're basically dead sideways and you can keep it straight and stay in distance where you're still racing for the lead is incredible.
0: I mean, and that just goes to how good Kyle Larson yeah. is. I mean, he he's he's phenomenal. And again, Kurt goes on to win this. And another interesting thing that Kyle said, um he said, "If I uh, or that Kurt said, he said, I knew that if I had to race." me or between my brother he says I knew I had the better car and he says when I had to race between me or Kyle he says well I had to beat him then because we're former <laughs> teammates and then Larson turns right around and says well he says I knew that I could beat Kyle Bush, but he says as soon as Kurt passed him he says this is going to be extremely difficult because Kurt's car is so good and so mm-hmm. I think Larson kind of knew that the 45 car was the better race car yesterday, or on Sunday, and that was pretty much the tail of the tape at the end yeah. of that race.
1: God, it's it's good to see that team starting to create more momentum, and they, they, they did that there, and I hope that we see that go through the season, and I hope we see it from Bubba. Obviously, from the Toyota drivers, he finished 10th. He had a bad day on pit road, off pit road, on the track, just kind of a step back he did get a 10th finish which that's great but the fact that he lost i think 45 spots something like that on pit road is just not acceptable so
0: he ended up going the infraction sheet for this race is extremely long i mean a ton of (laughs) it seems like the nascar officials were handing out penalties left and right on sunday in kansas and for bubba he had on lap 87 too many men over the wall so that has to go to the tail end. Then on 201, he had uh, a tire violation and pitting before pit road is open. So that puts you at the tail end of the, uh, of the field of the cars that are on the lead lap. And he, I think he restarted, I think on the caution that came out around lap 234, uh, yeah, 230 for fluid on the track from Corey LaJoy's machine. He was in like 21st, 22nd ish, right around there. And by the time that that race was over, so that last 30-lap stint, he drove that car all the way up to 10th. Yeah. So the Toyotas yesterday, like you we're said at the beginning, fast. they were so fast. All six of them in the top 10. We haven't seen that from them this season at all. And I know mm, yeah. that they were good at Darlington. And I was at that race, and I saw those cars at Darlington, and they the Toyotas looked really good. But they all got caught up in a crash. Right before the end of it. And then that allowed William Byron and Joey Logano to kind of run away with it. But Truex and Christopher Bell had been running up front at Darlington pretty much all day until they got collected in that uh, turn two crash. But that wasn't the case here for Kansas. I mean, even Denny Hamlin finishing in fourth, his second top yeah. 10 of the year, had a great day. And so, I mean, the Toyotas were just really, really good on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Uh, another guy who had problems, Martin Truex finished sixth in a Toyota. At the end of stage two, he blew a tire, and it looked like his race was possibly over, but he limped the car around, stayed on the lead lap.
0: So got, smart got a new too. Tire. Yeah, because they he, were saying he if he have came pit down road, pit road, he would have lost out. a lap. Yeah, yeah. he's he done. down a lap, and so he just limps it around. And they're like, "What mm-hmm. is he doing?" And I'm like, "No, that's smart. He's got to stay out." And yeah, because yeah, it was the end of the stage, mm-hmm. and so he stayed out and and actually stayed on the lead lap. But he he had some infractions too. I mean, pitting before pit road was open, speeding on pit road, and then he also had on lap 201 uh, another speeding penalty. And again, he finishes in the top 10 as well and what position did he sixth. actually finish in sixth so i mean he drove all the way back up through the field again in the last 60 laps of that yeah, race just, insane yeah
1: um gosh a lot of a lot of penalties it seems like off that weekend but another problem um spinning out a lot of single car spins and where from that left rear tire what what did you really think about that so
0: watching that at first it was a couple of chevys that did it and then it started to be a problem with other manufacturers as, t- as well and then listening to larry mack kind of explain it and listening to a couple other sources goodyear has put out a you know kind of a standard like this is how much air pressure this tire needs to take on the left rear um, if you run any lower amount of air pressure, it can cause problems and cause this tire to fail. So these teams that are having this left rear issue, um, left rear tire issue, I feel like they're right on that gray area where it's in between tolerable (laughs) and not. And so they're trying to get that competitive edge because these drivers want their race car to feel a certain way and adjusting those air pressures in that tire causes the race car to drive a certain way. And so some Drivers want a more loose car. Some drivers want a more tight car. And adjusting that air pressure kind of allows them to do that. But when you adjust that air pressure and then the way this car is cambered, it sets that tire up to wear a different way and then fail. Because we didn't see any right side tire problems from from blowing. And and, that's
1: what we would have saw probably last year.
0: Yeah. And so now with the way that this is cambered and the way that these tires are set up, I feel like these teams are running right on the brink Of what is tolerable and the tires just not able to handle it. And I mean, we saw what Kevin Harvick blow a a left rear tire. We saw Chase Elliott blow a left rear tire. I mean, a bunch of different cars, you know, blew tires, and there were a lot of different cautions for, for that this past Sunday. So, I mean... There has to be something that these teams need to look at and say, okay, look, this tire is not going to take this tolerance, and Goodyear has come out and said that. So they either listen to Goodyear, or they continue to blow these left rear tires and then give up all this track position and mm-hmm. cause these cautions. So it's kind of like, you know, pick your poison, almost.
1: Yeah. Um, well, we obviously know that these teams are going to go and try and make their cars as fast as possible, and they're going to get to the edge, I think that's what we saw mainly, and developing to a new a, a new tire and wheel, wider tires and shorter tire wall, it's going to be a little bit different. They're still getting used to that, but they they do want to put it right on the edge where it's as fast as possible, but it doesn't blow up. So that's that's the whole goal they're trying to make and didn't work out for half of the drivers
0: i mean when you you're rolling the dice right i mean in each tire is not the same Mm -hmm. so it's either going to be it's going to hold like it did for most of the race Mm -hmm. or you're going to get one of those anomalies and you're going to put that lower tire pressure in there and you're going to be driving around the track at 170 something miles an hour and it's going to give away and Mm -hmm. you're going to end up like chase elliott and spin down the track and into the grass and then the tow truck's <laughs> going to get stuck because it rained in kansas the previous night and and then you're just stuck and your day is pretty much pretty much just ruined because i mean he finished he didn't finish that great i'm looking right now on the sheet and after that spin i mean he he got mired back in 29th place so i mean yeah and in in the first two stages he finished third and fifth so <laughs> a left rear tire failure pretty much ruined you know, ruined his day. And And, so...
1: Yeah, and the thing with the cars now, we know they can take a beating on the doors and towards the front, and they'll be kind of fine. But the whole underbody is very key to this car. And I think even if he stayed off the grass and could keep rolling, he took uh, some hard hits on where the track starts to bank in in the apron. And I think it tore up the diffuser so... If he even got back to pit road, I think his day was done because he lost probably all downforce to the rear of that Yeah,
0: car. and, I mean, he he kept running. Like, um you know, the, the there were only two cars out of this race, and that was Justin Haley with an electrical problem, and then BJ McLeod had another chassis issue. So he was running, but um he was, what, six... Or, uh, excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong one. He was running, but he was about three laps down yeah. from that tire spin. And so, I mean, that that problem in itself from him spinning that way. And then he went almost airborne because yeah, of the oh, way that the yeah. surface is, It's such a difference in the, in the, you know, the degree of the banking versus where the apron was at when he was on the track. I mean, the car was literally up and down and in <laughs> the air. And I was like, if that thing survives, I mean, and he could just get back on the track and salvage some points. I mean, he can, and he's still the points leader. So yeah. even though he did finish in 29th, so again, it's one of those things. You're, it's pick your poison. Are you yeah. going to put the low air pressure in and, you know, chance the tire blowing? Or are you going to make the car a little less happy for you and kind of see what you can do with it as a driver? So uh, me personally, I think I would not. I don't know. I mean, I've never driven a car, but I would think that I would want to stay on the track and not have a have a tire go down. Yeah. So
1: I know we've talked about some problems. I'm going to go to one more. And that's Eric Jones. He had a right rear problem. And they couldn't get the tire off the car. Uh, we don't really know why. We could think the lug nut was maybe kind of welded to the to the wheel, but this is what they have to say for that.
0: We knew on that last pit stop that something was wrong. We knew it was going to be a while to get off. We contemplated go back and cutting the wheel completely, which is actually what we ended up doing on pit road with the Sawzall. Uh, and then it finally came off, so never seen it. Yeah, that was James Hauk. Yeah, That's the right rear tire carrier for the uh, Petty GMS number 43. And the, the, these are the list of tools that I saw them bring from the pit box out into the pit stall. They had an angle grinder. They had a Sawzall. They had a cutoff saw, which is that big like handheld circular saw. Mm-hmm. They also had a 350 pound breaker bar. They had a high torque impact wrench that looks like a jackhammer. And they stuck it on the lug nut and you could hear it going tooka, 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 and it would not come off. And then they also had a chisel and a mallet and they tried everything. And I mean this was uh all all across a, a series of different uh caution laps and they knew that they had this issue Maybe at the end of the stage uh, stage break, I think, for stage one, and there was a caution right there at, um, at about lap 82, 87, and the right rear tire wear is extremely different from the left rear tire, and they came down and they couldn't get that tire off, and they said, we have an issue. And they said, this thing is not coming off. And they thought, well, maybe if you drive around on it for you know the next caution or the next pit stop, because you're having to get tires about every 20 laps at Kansas yeah. because of the way the racing surface is. They said, at the at the end of this next 20-lap run, that tire is going to have to come off. And so there was another caution at lap 127, which is about, that's about the pit window. Another caution at 127 uh, after Kevin Harvick uh, spun and they come down and they try to get it off and you see them using the air wrench and it won't, it won't budge. And then they bring the angle grinder out and then they bring the cutoff saw out. And then finally what they ended up having to do, like what James Houck said is they took the saws all and cut the spokes off of the wheel Mm -hmm. pulled the wheel off and then broke the spokes off of the lug and then finally were able to pull the lug nut off and then put another rear tire on that car and eric jones was having a good day in the first stage he finished in eighth and they've been running really well all season and it seems like this black cloud just keeps following (laughs) them around and they something strange will come up and bite them and then they're just their day is just done
1: Gosh, it's just so unfortunate. He's he's been running well. And for that team, they they need these finishes if they want any shot to get into the playoffs. And honestly, they really do need to win. But for something like that to happen, it's just it sucks. Cause you just lose all your track position. And there's no coming back. Another guy that's been doing good, that's a team kind of like them, Ricky Stenhouse. He finishes eighth. Um, He's been doing good the past couple of weeks, and I'm surprised by that. This is
0: his third straight top 10 finish, and that is a single car team at JTD Jordy, uh, Doherty. And th- he's been running really well. And I think he's one of those drivers, again, that if you give him a good solid race car, he's going to be able to run that car probably better than the position that it's supposed to be mm-hmm. in. I mean, finish second in Dover. Had a what a sixth or seventh place finish at Darlington and drove up there at yeah. the end of Darlington. Passed a lot of cars to get into the top ten. And then another great finish here in uh, Kansas to finish eighth. So he's, he's doing what he can do to get that car in a position to get a win, to hopefully make the playoffs. And he's still... A right in or a shoe in for an Atlanta win a Daytona win or a Talladega win when they go mm-hmm. to these super speedways so it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could get into the playoffs and the playoff picture right now since Kurt Busch wins that's our what 11th different mm-hmm. driver in 13 different yeah. races it's starting to get a little bit tighter
1: yeah you gotta you gotta want to get a win soon I mean it doesn't look too fun if you're not in right now um did you think Kurt Busch would win before Martin Truex and Christopher Bell?
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I picked Truex last yeah. week, so I thought that Truex would have a good Kansas. I thought Toyota would bring some good cars to this racetrack, and I mean, he, he was pretty close, sixth. Yeah. So, I mean, it. I don't know. I, I thought that Truex would probably win before Kurt Busch. So.
1: Like, a car like Kurt Busch, he obviously showed that he can win races, and that car can run up front. But that takes a spot away from Truex and Christopher Bell if they are to get in it or if it gets close and they need to get in. That's that's big. If we keep seeing, obviously, next week we go to Texas, which is a non-points-paying race. But if we keep seeing drivers that kind of lock up those spots for the bigger teams, it's you're going to need to drive your car and get a couple wins because it doesn't look good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, for Kurt Busch, he's 18th in points. So that's Mm -hmm. out of the top 16 points drivers. Yeah. And that's if you're setting in, you know, probably from about 13th to 16th, you do not want somebody who is below you to win a race because that automatically moves you down another slot. So Kurt Busch, 18th in points. He gets a win that puts him into the playoffs. So, so far we have Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Ross Chastain, Logano, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, Kurt Busch, and Denny Hamlin are locked in. They all have wins. Setting in the 20th position is Daniel Suarez. 19th would be Eric Jones. 18th would be Tyler Reddick. Austin Dillon in 17th. Those would be your first four out. Your first four in would be Eric Almarola, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell and Martin Truex Jr. So if you're in that <laughs> position from about 13th to 16th, you've got to be thinking I've mm-hmm. got to get a win, I've got to secure myself to to get into the playoffs because we're already almost what 25% of the way
1: just passed, I think. Yeah, just passed halfway yeah. of
0: the regular season, and or it's not twenty five percent, but halfway through the regular season, and then you know about a, a third of the way through the entire season. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, things are starting to heat up, and they're going to get tighter as the summer goes yeah. along. And if Kyle Larson does what he did last summer, I Gosh, mean, you, it's, it's going to be not it's not going to be good, and you're going to have to get in on points. But if we keep seeing what we have this year, where we've got eleven different winners and thirteen different races. I don't see why we couldn't get to 16, 17 winners and then you really do have a problem because it's going to be where do you line up in points and how many wins do you have. So, And
1: for these drivers, if they're looking ahead for a race that they want to win, um, for the drivers that aren't like meant to go in, maybe like a, a underdog to get into the playoffs, the Coke 600 and Gateway, two new tracks coming up, those won't be easy to win at, obviously, most of these guys haven't been there. Uh, maybe in the trucks you have, but the, the Coke 600 itself is, is going to be hard to win if you're a driver with not the help that the big
0: teams have. Exactly, and I mean, so far this year, we've seen these one, two car operations. You know, 2311 is a perfect example. They've been running well, but the Toyotas haven't really been fast, and now that they've actually got a win, that's another two-car team that has a win, like Trackhouse um Ross Chastain two wins this year so we're seeing these smaller teams have some success which is good I like mm-hmm. that I like yeah. the parody but at the same time you're taking different playoff spots away from people who had playoff spots last year and out of this list we've got that haven't won that are kind of in the top 20 you've got Ryan Blaney Truex Bell Harvick Almirola Dylan Reddick Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez out of those who do you think is going to be able to, you know, punch their way in the playoffs and get that win. I mean, it mm-hmm. the, the tracks that we have coming up are uh Charlotte and then we go to Wisconsin for the what is it, the Road America yeah. race, and then we've also got Sonoma then a week off and then we have Nashville and then and we have Gateway coming up in June. So I mean, you've got a a series of races here that are very different from one another <laughs> and you've got these guys who need wins. Who do who do you think will be able to punch their ticket, I guess?
1: Well, for guys who aren't like a true X who's got the Joe Gibbs backing. Um a guy that I look at that I think will like as of right now 99% shot of winning a race and getting in uh Tyler Reddick. I mean yeah. he's had so many looks even last week or yesterday he was he, all over a bunch the laps. Place. he was there. He was there. He was there. He had problems, fell back and couldn't get it done. It seems like that's what always happens to that team, but when that happens, you know you're gonna get the one shot and be there at the end.
0: Yeah, I finished fourth in the first stage, led twenty-four uh laps. That car still looks really good. It just seems like he snake bit. Something mm-hmm. happens and then he either finishes in second or he gets kind of, you know, marred back in the pack. For me, I think the person who is under the most heat is probably Kevin Harvick. And yeah. yesterday the Fords just did not look good. I mean, I think the what the top finishing Ford in Kansas yesterday was outside the top ten and I think that it was Ryan, Austin Austin, Austin Sindrick, Sendrick, yeah, yeah, in the, the 11th. In 11th position. And, I mean, Kevin Harvick finished 15th. As of today, we're recording this on a Monday, it's been 603 days since <laughs> Kevin Harvick has won a points-paying NASCAR Cup race, and so I feel like if the pressure is on anyone, it's, it's going to be on Kevin Harvick.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, we go to Texas next week, racing for a million bucks. Who do you think is going to take that?
0: Uh... I think the, uh, the pressure of the situation doesn't really get to this guy. I'm going to say Kyle Larson wins the all-star race again. He seems to just be you know, infallible when it comes to pressure and is able just mm-hmm. to produce under extreme circumstances. And the format is just insane. I, I'm not, we're not even going to try to explain it. It's not worth it.
1: <laughs> um, for, for a guy who's been hot all year, um, younger guy, Ross Justine, He's like heating it. up. He's gonna go in there and get himself a million dollars. And also, the person that's won the All Star race in the past two years has won the championship. Oh. Do you think? Do you think that goes on in this year? Oh,
0: I mean, you're making some big claims. I mean, Chastain. I mean, arguably, Chastain has been the most consistent driver this year, and he he's won two races. He looks really, really good. Um, I think it could happen again. I don't know if it will, but it could happen.
1: I'm JC Fignature, David Stiles. Thanks for stopping by the garage.